Welcome to a special Injured Reserve edition of Advantage Connors. Here as always, back from the sideline, your host, Brett Connors, with Jimmy Connors. How you doing today? Well, I, I know I'm doing okay, but uh, sounds like you're doing better. You had a, you had a tough go for a couple days. Yeah, last uh, last week. Normally, we record the show on uh, on Tuesdays. You know, depending if we have time sensitive stuff, we do it on Wednesdays once in a while. But last Tuesday, woke up uh, in the morning, a little bit of a side ache. Um, just kind of thought it was was nothing. You know, maybe you had to just get up, get going, move around. But uh, as through the course of the day, it kept getting worse. So uh, I had Melina take me to urgent care up the street. We have mm. an urgent care. Uh, right. Yeah. And then they looked, they took one look at me and said, you need to go to the emergency room. So she threw me back in the car, took me to the emergency room, uh, waited there for a little while. Long story short, I had appendicitis. I had uh, like three times as high a white cell count as you're supposed to have. Crazy, crazy. Um, so they uh, admitted me. Um, you know, Melina made sure I was okay. And then uh, she went home and then around uh, 12.30, 1 a.m., they wheeled me in and I had surgery to take my appendix out. (laughs) Well, yeah, I'm going to go back because I I remember talking to your mom, you know, back when you were like uh, 12 years old or so, uh, you you were skiing up in Beaver Creek in in Colorado and uh, uh, you had to be taken to the hospital there because of the same feeling. Right. And 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 you got to the hospital and the and the doc said, you know, go home and, you know, and, and take it easy and, and uh, you should be OK. He says, but, you know, I'm not uh, not telling you it's not going to happen again, mm-hmm. you know, but geez, 30 years later, <laughs> geez, right. you know, it's a uh, crazy timing. But, you know, I, I know I've I've uh, I've talked to to some friends and when uh, about it and they said it's it, the pain, I guess, for an appendicitis is, is beyond. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was pretty bad. I mean, it's just kind of this like sharp pain and it's in your like your midpoint, you know, it's in your kind of like right below your belly button on the right side of your uh, of your abdomen. So it's like your hinge point. So anytime you bend or try and do anything, uh, it, it makes it even hurt more. Um, luckily for me, it's a surgery that they see a lot of. It's like one of the most common surgeries. I guess I was like the sixth appendectomy they did that day so they had five. oh boy they had some warm-up warm-up uh yeah. procedures <laughs> yeah. to get ready yeah, came out of the bullpen ready for you yeah so uh that was good but yeah they when they told me my my options uh, it made me think because you're right they they gave me like antibiotics when i was 12 or 30 years ago and uh you know i stayed like one night i think maybe two in the hospital mom took me home and then i skied like two, two another day later so, right. I, you know, the, whatever they gave me worked. And then they presented me my options are like, look, we can go in and, and take it out. You know, that way it's just out and then you don't have to deal with it ever again. Or we can give you this uh, super strong antibiotic. And, you know, you started going through, you know, there's a 50 50 chance after a year and a 20 percent chance after five and 10 percent chance after 10. <laughs> you know, and I was just like, bro, like, I don't want to come back here. Like, I'm right. like, as much as I like seeing your guys faces, like, I don't want to have to come back here again especially for the same problem. So I was like, let's just get it out of there. And uh, they gave me some of that good, good morphine drip to take, uh, uh, to take uh, some of the pain away. And uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was trippy because you're in there in the middle of the night. Uh, you know, right. normally you think you get a surgery. It's usually early in the morning, you know, or before noon, and then you have time to, to recover and then they send you home. Um, this was at like, you know, 1 a.m. And I was one of like maybe one or two people in the pre-op room. And to be honest, this dude, they wheel me up there and I'm feeling okay. I'm like, Hey, look, it's gotta happen. They're going to knock you out. They wheel me in there. And this pre-op guy starts going through his like spiel 
of like trying to prep me for the for the freaking surgery and he's you know right. he's going like okay like you know this is going to happen and he's going to you know this and you know then they're going to have to shove the tube down your throat so when you wake up you're going to have like a really really sore throat and you know then this and then he's like if it goes over two hours they're going to have to probably insert a catheter and then i go wait what <laughs> i'm like wait excuse know, sometimes me the side effects are worried just get to the operation come right. on right Right. So he says catheter and I started like hyperventilating because like, I don't, I know what a catheter is. I've never had to have one, luckily knock on wood. And he starts saying that I'm like, well, no man, like you don't get it. It's an appendix. It's an appendix. Not, you don't have to worry about that. No tube up the wee wee, you know? And and he's like, well, if it goes over two and a half, two hours, then it's necessary because blah, 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 you know? And, uh, Uh, he, he he gave you more than just a prepping. Yeah, I mean, he was uh, right. he was putting the fear of God into right. you at the and same time. And he's going through this and that and all this stuff. And he's like, I'm I'm like I'm starting to kind of hyperventilate because I like don't want to think about having that done while I'm you know like well, I'm going to be knocked out, so it doesn't really matter. But I don't want to think about waking up with that and having to deal with it. So he gives me a bag. I'm breathing into the bag. I'm like, I'm like, look, bro, you have to work on your shtick. I was like, this is, this has got to be the worst thing I've ever heard. Like possibly you're supposed to make me feel better before I go into this surgery. Not like put me into a cardiac arrest, panic attack. Yeah. Yeah. Give me a little confidence going in. Don't worry. You'll be okay. Right. We're going to get you in and out of here. And you know, hopefully you, you know, you're home before morning. And then, uh, yeah, but, but after the surgery, Brett, they, they took you in for surgery and then, they, they brought you to post-op and, and uh, you know, what, what happened with, uh, you got the hell out of there, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's like, dude, what you're telling me all these, well, like I have to prep you. Like, why? Like, it's going to happen either way. Like you telling me my throat's going to hurt after the surgery does me what for like when going in the surgery, like it's going to hurt right. either way. When I wake up, if I right. have a catheter, when I wake up, let it be a surprise to me. You know what I mean? <laughs> Let it be a pleasant, like little surprise. Oh, look! Wow, it's like a little present waiting for me when I get out of surgery and come to. So, uh, yeah, I went in. They put me on the table. They, you know, started talking. They, they always bullshit you too. They're always like, "We're just going to give you something to relax you first. It's like, no, there is no first. They're giving you everything at once. It's all in one ball of a cocktail. There's no right. easing you into this. They want to get you knocked out, done, so they can move on to the next person. You know, so right. And actually, I prefer it that way you know don't don't go in steps just you know hit me with it right yeah, yeah, i, I want to be done with it, it as, as fast as you do too believe me All right so All right. they uh yeah it was over um they brought me back and then i was recovering in the other room and i just had this one woman uh the other dude was gone and then i had a woman who whenever because when you come out of uh, surgery your breath gets shallow and like, you want to go back to sleep. It's like this warm coziness. Like you, you, when you're going in, you're nervous. Like, I can't wait to get out. I can't wait to get out. Then when you're done, you almost just want to go back into that sleep again. <laughs> right. You know? Well, so I had this nurse and she just kept, every time my breath would get like a little shallow, she would yell at me like, breathe, honey, breathe deep. You know? <laughs> there's, there's no time for rest. I know. And I'm like, I just, but like, it's cozy. And like, just let me, and she's like, breathe. We got to keep breathing. Honey. <laughs> oh boy. And so, oh, boy. Uh, yeah. So from surgery to the Molina came, picked me up 5 a.m. I got out of there 5 a.m. I was there 13 hours total. Uh, and uh, I've been recovering ever since. I'm, I'm doing better. I'm, I'm able to walk around the block. I'm not allowed to pick stuff up. Uh, heavy for another week or two, but uh, yeah. I'm pretty much able to uh, do all the things I need to around the house. So, well, just just take it slow. Uh, anytime you have surgery, it's uh, 
you know, the, you know, give yourself a little extra time to recuperate. And yeah. uh, so, but uh, you know, you're, you're, you're doing better. And the best thing you did was, uh, you know, you didn't hang around and wait an extra a day or two to go. You went and had it uh, looked after, had it taken care of. And, and, you know, like, like I always say, Brad, uh, the sooner you get it done, the sooner you start getting better. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, and, uh, and, you know, and, and I, I want to give a shout out cause I know you went to Cedar Sinai in LA and, and, uh, and, you know, that's that's where uh, you and your sister were born. And, you know, and, uh, you know, going back over the years, you know, with, uh, you know, a lot of things, you know, from my hips to to, uh, you know, a lot of your mommy's surgeries and all that. I mean, that that hospital is taking care of us for 45 years. And, and I, I got to give a shout out because, uh, <laughs> you know, they, they do a great job. Yep. And shout out to uh, our good family friend, Dr. Lloyd Gregg for uh, giving us some guidance along the way, telling us what to do and, uh, and all that stuff. Doctor there for a long time and good family friend. So. Yes, indeed. Thanks yes, for the help, Doc. Um, all right, moving on. Uh, also, let's not skip over this, Mr. 70-year-old birthday man. You and mom <laughs> had some birthdays uh, this yeah. past week. How was that? Did you guys do yeah, anything was, exciting? No, well, I mean, we did. I mean, we... Uh, you kind of you hung out at the at the house. My birthday was Friday. Your mom's uh, was yesterday. I was the S- September second. Your mom's September fifth. And uh, you know we had uh, nice, nice, relaxing and uh, easy weekend. It's it's uh, I will say it's been awfully hot in Santa Barbara. It's been around the hundred degree mark, and you know we're not uh, we're not really used to that here. You know, so it, it's uh, uh, you know it was a good time to to hang around the house and. And go around the pool, and uh, we went out uh, and had dinner. Uh, we went to sushi one night, which was uh, mm. really good. One of our favorite places here in town, and nice. and then uh, went uh, went and had a little dinner last night with uh, with your mom and a couple friends, and and uh, yeah, so it's it's been a great weekend. But you know, it, it's uh, you know, I got an awful lot of birthday wishes and and shout outs from you know a lot of people on Twitter, and you know, I I, I certainly appreciate that, and and. Uh, you know, and the one thing I did say when I when I thanked him on Twitter, I said, you know, uh, my best to all of you, and, and hopefully I can do it same time next year. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, you know, so uh, uh, being around one one day at a time, but one year at a time too, which is uh, which is good. But yeah, we had a great weekend, and yeah, I I know, uh, you know, you 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 say it, Brett. Uh, you know, well, you're seventy. You know, I'm not afraid to tell you I am. Well, <laughs> you know, I like to start telling you now. I'm sixty nine. 68, mm-hmm. 67, you know, and, and start going the other way a little bit. But, uh, you know, I'm still, you know, we're, we're trying to stay in shape and still take care of ourselves. And, you know, they, they say 70 is the new 55 or whatever it is. Uh, if that be the fact, give me my old hips back. <laughs> so, uh, uh, I don't know, but uh, it's uh, uh, we've had a great weekend and, uh, you know, uh, it's time time to get going now. Another year. Yep. Well, happy birthday. Um, give mom my love. Uh, Richard Lewis uh, hit us up. Um, our buddy Richard, our buddy Richard Lewis from uh, Oh yeah, oh from my. Curb Your Enthusiasm, the comedian. Yes. You know our buddy, yep. Twitter buddy. He just had a hip replacement. So he he yeah. he, he, he was one of the people who hit you up in, in on our uh, Instagram or sorry our Facebook and and just said hey you know birthday boy hero much love just got my hip replacement stay seventy he said so you you don't the move is don't go any higher I guess stay seventy 
<laughs> I'll stay 70. Uh, and I'm not, you know, I, I always, you know, uh, I don't know if, uh, why I ever did this, but when I, when I turned 20, I said, I'm 21. I'm in my 21st year. Yeah. Now, now I'm 70. I'm staying right here. I'm mm-hmm. not doing it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, Richard Lua, he's, uh, you know, I hope he's doing well. You know, they've got, uh, he's had a hip replaced and, and, uh, you know, even though, uh, you know, it's nothing's ever easy, but they 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 kind of got that down to you know to a good science now to go in and you walk out of there and, and uh, you're you're on the mend in a hurry. So all, my best wishes to him too. Definitely for sure, he's uh, one of the people who the minute he is healthy and ready to go, we'd love to get him on the podcast. I think he'd be a, a great guest to have on. Someday. Yeah, it'd be a blast. It'd be a blast to have him. Yeah, he's welcome anytime. Yep. So we 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 got an interesting time of year going on here and and. Uh, uh, I, I don't, I don't mind uh, saying this, Brett, because, you know, for, for so many, many years of my life, you know, I, when I was out playing full time, you know, I, I never really had a calendar. You know, if you ask me, you know, where are you uh, uh, June 31st or, or, or July 1st, where are you? I'd say uh, July. I, I don't know, and but but if you say well Wimbledon, I'd say oh July 1st. Right. <laughs> you Your know, calendar was made up of cities, not dates. Right, exactly, and and uh, you know since uh, since I've been away from it, it's, it's kind of changed that. So, except this time of year, because this this was always my favorite time of year the the U.S. Open time and and leading up to that and spending time in New York and and uh, you know uh, being being you know getting in the competitive spirit of of you know the trying to win the U.S. Open and and playing in front of the crowds and get used to the city and the pace and everything that went along with it. And, uh, you know, to, to, uh, to, to be away from uh, New York, uh, you know, from, from my playing days. And, uh, I miss that. Uh, I, I miss it. Uh, I also have to say that if I don't do something and, and I wouldn't be there busy, I, I don't know if I would like to spend that much time there, but, but, the the whole, uh, experience of be getting ready for me, for me getting ready and, to play the tournament and leading up to it and, you know, uh, uh, spending time on the stadium court and, and all that, trying to get used to the surroundings. That, that was, uh, it was probably the most fun three weeks. And I say three weeks because, you know, every year I was trying to get to the semis and the finals and to win that tournament. So, uh, you know, the, the whole experience for me was, uh, was fun. And, and, you know, you talk about the tournament, uh, uh, but, but you can't talk about the tournament without the fans. And and it's funny how now all of a sudden those New York fans, everybody loves them. Every you know to me, but you know I I loved them you know from from the beginning. I mean they they were the kind of crowd I wanted to play against, you know. And it's, it's nice to see the you know some rowdy crowds again there, you know, with Kyrgios and uh, uh you know and, and the reaction that he gets Med, Medvedev also, yeah you know uh, you know Serena playing her maybe her last open nice to see some rowdiness in that in that place again to you know to you know tear that place down man get into it and and start uh uh, uh you know uh, pick your favorite player get behind them and you know I'll, I'll never forget the noise you know, that uh, that they gave to me in in 91 i mean that that stadium was rocking and in in i i like to see that i hope i hope that uh, that that starts coming back and you know, I, I know a lot of the players are starting to appreciate the New York crowds even more now. And uh, it's about time they get their due because they come and give the players their due. 
mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and because, you know, to come and watch them, that's giving them their due that they're the best, you know, we're coming to see you play. We want to learn from you. We want to watch you, you know, so I hope the players uh, realize that uh, those New York fans are, they, you know, love what they do down there and, and they're there to support them. And, and so, you know, get them into it, you know, bring them down on the court with you and allow them to play the match with you and be a part of what you do. And if, uh, because if they get, if the crowd gets into it, you know, this as well as anybody, Brett, that if they get into it, they can win you matches. Mm-hmm. They'll win matches for you. Uh, you know, just, just, just from, from sheer excitement and enthusiasm and noise and the noise factor. Yeah, if they're for you, they can also lose you some matches too, and I can attest to that. <laughs> so, yeah, but that's uh, I've, I've I've been on both sides of it, and 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 loved both sides. But there's nothing like a New York crowd being behind. Definitely, but I mean, even if they're against you, I feel like New York crowds are pretty well educated sports wise. You know what I mean? Like they're not some oh, yeah. they're not some fly by night like kind of like oh you know like we're from L A. Sometimes L A. crowds are you know late arriving and you know they get their, they get shit for being fickle and and um, you know bandwagony. They don't care as much when they're not as good. But like New York fans are pretty pretty diehard no matter what you know either way. Um, you you got you got to earn you got to earn them. Yeah, uh, that that's what I think, and and uh, you know that's what I always thought you know, from, from my own standpoint that, you know, if they're, if they're going to get behind me and, and which I wanted them to, uh, uh, because for a few years there, I kind of was on the other side of that. And, you know, I, I was, I was trying to figure out a way to win them over, but you weren't, you, you can't win them over by, by faking it. You know, you got to win it, win them over by going out and being you and whoever you are you know and 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 to you know to give them what they're you know coming to see first of all they're coming to see the tennis you know which is you know probably the main reason that they're there and then second of all they want to be entertained they're paying big bucks to you know to to go to that place and, and to to get into the stadium and and to pay for their food and you know and and the whole the you know experience of being at the US Open and and you know to to earn their respect and to you know to earn you know, the right for them to come and cheer for you uh, and, and, and to want you to win. You know, that, that's pretty special, in my opinion. And uh, I, I think a lot of these kids are starting to get that now that, uh, you know, how just how important the crowds are and the fans are to, you know, not only to the game and, and, and to the, the continuation of the game to get better and better, but also for the, you know, for, for more of the people to, to get out and start playing for the youth to start playing again, you know, to have your kids come around and to see it and, and to be a part of it. And yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I played in front of a lot of great crowds, but you know, it's a known fact that New York was, was my favorite crowd because of the rowdiness. And, and uh, that's one thing I miss. That's for sure. Yeah, definitely. It's it, you're right. It's been nice to see uh, with Kyrgios making his run. I mean, we've said that for a couple of years that if out of all the things that could happen, him making a deep run in New York, playing some night matches could would be one of the best things that could happen in tennis. But also, uh, Tiafo beating Nadal, uh, making yeah. a run. He's only lost like one set, making it to the quarters. Um, he's been getting the crowd into it. I mean, he's a, he's a likable guy. I think he's one of the American players that just, he's always smiling. He seems like he's always in a good mood. Um, it's nice to see him doing well and getting into it. Um, Alcaraz Sinner. I know this dates us a little bit. We're talking about the individual matchups, but we said this earlier in the summer that Alcaraz Sinner might be one of the next great, you know, tennis rivalries. 
or has the chance to be, and, and we're getting a chance to watch them in uh, in the next Grand Slam that they play in in the quarters. Right. Um, that'll be, that'll be uh, well, I, I have to, you know, kind of give myself a little shout out. Don't I, I kind of pick center to, to go deep into the tournament. Yep. Both uh, your picks yeah. are another person getting the crowds into it. Get, also getting her first win on Ash this tournament is Coco. Coco Golf. Well, uh, well, Coco Golf hey. has been playing really good tennis. Um, Casper Ruud, I know you, you were mentioning him. Talk to me about what you like about his game. Yeah, yeah I watched him uh, play a little bit against... Um, he beat Berrettini today. He beat Berrettini, that's right. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, Berrettini, the big, powerful, big serve and everything. But but Ruud, uh, I watched him play, and, you know, his uh, he's getting better on hard courts. He's somebody's you know, got his ear pretty good and, and to, to kind of uh, guide him on what it takes to, to, uh, to be good on, on more than just one surface. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I watched him play and he's got heavy ground strokes and he moves well, but, but he also moves forward uh, and, and uh, you know, was going to the net and I'm going, hmm. I, I said, that's that all, all that does is add another arrow uh, in, in your quiver. You know, to, you know, to, to give you uh, another opportunity to, you know, to end the point or to put pressure on your opponent or, you know, I mean, you can stay back and pound ground strokes, pound them, pound them, pound them. But, you know, eventually, eventually it becomes a drill, yeah. <laughs> you, know, you, you know, so, you know, try to you know figure out and, and somebody's got his ear because I watched him play some today and, and he, uh, he, he played some, some mighty good tennis and he's, he's got to be uh, pretty pleased with, uh, with his results. Yep. Yeah, he's been playing well uh, with no no big four left. It's it's going to be a first-time winner on the men's side and also the women's side. Uh, Swiatek's been playing well. She plays Pagula, another American who's who's been playing really well. Um, mm-hmm. Collins, Danielle Collins, uh, lost tough three-setter to Sabalenka. Um, I, she gave you a shout-out in, I think, one of her first-round matches when she beat Osaka. Yeah, uh, she that. did. That was, that, was, that was very cool. And... and uh, uh, she said that her dad was a fan and, and kind of uh, gave, uh, taught like like my backhand and, and kind of gave her my backhand and and I watched her play a little bit and and uh, she definitely is is a a move forward style player uh, and uh, you know a couple I mean she had a she had a really a really good tournament uh, she beat Osaka in the first round and uh, you know got to, you know but but you know what when you get the, the, that kind of momentum. Uh, and she won the first set, uh, I, I think, against Sabalenka too. Is that mm-hmm. is that right? She I, did. I think so. Yeah, she and, had some good you know, wins. I mean, she beat Osaka, then she beat uh, Busca, and then Cornet, who's been playing really yeah. well. And then Sabalenka just, you know, was able to to serve well and, and get out of there. But Collins made the semifinals, or was it the fi- maybe in the finals in Australia this year? So she's yes. she's proven that she's kind of a big match player. She just had battled some injuries and kind of didn't have a lot of match play in the middle of the year. But when she's when she's been around, she's kind of matured into a, a way better player than I, I think a lot of people might have thought when she came out of college. She was like a college player who turned pro, mm, and we're seeing right. we're seeing more and more now that you know people are able to do that, and you know maybe maybe not just like a one year like you did, but they go and they play a few years or even a full a full four. You know, um, there's a player Ben Shelton. Uh, I don't know if you've heard about this kid, but he was he's a young kid just turned pro. He's had already had a little bit of success in some of the ATP events. His father is a coach at Florida. He played two years mm-hmm. at Florida um, and, you know, decided to turn pro and, and, you know, 
probably will have some decent success if, if he keeps going on the track he's on. So what do you, what are your thoughts on that with college and, and how it works into, you know, someone like Collins game? Yeah. I, you know, first, first of all, the, the transition from playing junior tennis to college tennis is a, is a huge jump. Uh, I, I remember coming out of the juniors and going to UCLA and, you know, on, on that UCLA team, you know, I had uh, some, some juniors and some seniors that, you know, had already proven themselves, uh, you know, in the, in, in the junior ranks and then even in the college ranks where, you know, played well at the NCAAs and, you know, UCLA back then was, was a powerhouse of tennis. And, you know, so I, I went in there and, and right away I got the, you know, the experience of playing against guys that were, you know, two, three, you know, four years older than me anyway, and, and ready to, you know, I'm coming in, they're ready to go out. And, you know, so the transition uh, into college tennis was was an important one, you know, which kind of prepared me a little bit more for the transition to to the pro ranks. You know, you, you it was levels, different levels and, and different different players and, you know, guys I grew up with, guys I didn't know, guys I was going to compete against on the pro tour when, once I did turn pro. So it was uh, uh, but but everybody's different, uh, you know. For me, I wasn't there for, you know, and, and I say this, it's a known fact. I wasn't there for the schooling. I, I was there for the tennis and, and I was doing everything I could for the tennis. But, you know, a lot of guys look at it differently. A lot of uh, the women look at it differently, you know, to get their education also. And along the way to, you know, to improve their tennis and, and to, you know, then and then if you have the education and you have the tennis then you have a choice. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you know. I, I always told your mother, uh, your grandmother, that that you know, if I didn't make it in the first four or five years, I'd go back to school. Well, I mean, right there, I set my precedent. I said there was no way I was going to go back to school. So I, you know, I kind of in my own mind, I had to make it because I, you know, I didn't want to do that. That wasn't that wasn't me. So, but everybody's different in that. You know, nowadays, you know, education is looked at differently, and so a lot of kids are looking for that. And you know, but now kids come out. Uh, you know, so young now, I mean, you, you know, whether breaking in at 17, 18, 18, 19 years old in the men's and the women's game. And, you know, so, so what's that say by the time, if, if you're 24, 25 years old, is, is it about over? <laughs> I, you know, I, I don't think so, but, but if you're, if you're in school, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta make your, make your choice, make your decision and, and live with it. But mm-hmm. uh yeah, I mean, you know, college, college was was uh, was a uh, was a good stepping stone. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. I think like it seems like for some people, you know, like if you look at some of the people who have had success, somebody like Nori, like he probably obviously was like not even close to being ready at like eighteen, you know. But then you give him mm-hmm. four years where he's you know not thrown into this meat grinder of like pressure where like you have like all of a sudden now you're touring and you're having to spend all this money on touring and coaching and hotels and food and travel. And then if you're not, if you're not making money, then there's this like pressure, but by going to college, you get to go and like the pressure is like way less, right? Like you get to go and join a team and you have this like team mentality, this fun, you get to learn and be a part of schooling. You said you weren't there for schooling. I think you meant the classes. I think you were there for some of the other schooling activities outside, if you know what I mean. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. Exactly right there. I mean, you know, moving moving to California and especially, you know, going to UCLA, uh, you know, and, and that experience with everything, you know, the the campus and, uh, you know, being on the on the tennis team and, and uh, you know, being one of the top teams in the country, you know, with the, with the amount of players that we had and, 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 
and learning of all that. And then, you know, and then living in LA and, and all that schooling, you know, that, the, the, that was around then also, I mean, uh, yeah, LA back then was, was, was USA, California was really, but LA, I, you know, I'd go to UCLA and, and play, then I'd go to the LA tennis club and, and play, and play a lot of my buddies who were going to USC. And, and, uh, and then from there, I'd go to the Beverly Hills tennis club and, and hit some balls with, Pancho Gonzalez or Pancho Segura or, you know, or whoever. So, I mean, I, I could, I could play twice a day for, for two weeks in a row and never play the same guy twice. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that was, it was, it was, you know, for, for somebody like me, that was, you know, tennis heaven. Uh, and, and uh, yeah, but, but uh, you know, the learning experience of, of everything that surrounded, you know, my moving to California and then going to UCLA and then, and then turning pro and all that was, which happened really within a, you know, three or four year period, yeah. you know, which was, you know, for, for me kind of quick, I mean, it was a little quick, but yeah, but I mean, okay. But also like you're able to get like a, like a consistently good level of competition to like practice against, right. Like, and kind of get better on, you know, like you, you only were at UCLA for a year, but if other, you know, other people like Nori, I think, you know, played more than a year, you know, he's able to use the good competition and the older players and they might be more physical and it gives them time to get in the weight room and, and all that kind of stuff. So I think uh, it's it's just a different yeah. avenue. You know, you got guys like Alcaraz who are already physically, you know, uh, you know, leaps and bounds ahead of other people his age, you know, so maybe he doesn't need that extra time to go to college. But then there's players, you know, who, who definitely can benefit from it. And it's, it's cool to see the mix of it succeeding at the highest level. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think college tennis is, uh, you know, do, doesn't get enough credit in, in a lot of ways for, for what it does to and, and how it helps the, the players mature and, and, and get ready for the next step if that's what they're looking for. Yeah, I, yeah, I think so. And then it also sets you up to, you know, to maybe have a career in the sport or in <laughs> athletics or, or just gives you good discipline and values uh, as a person. Um, all right, we can move on, but uh, both your picks still alive. Coco Golf, 14 to 1, and Sinner, 14 to 1, but they wow. have some tough matches. Coco plays Garcia, who might be one of the hottest players on tour. And mm-hmm. uh, like we said, Sinner uh, gets Alcaraz, uh, adding to the historic potential of that rivalry. We'll see how that goes. Football fans. The first Sunday of the NFL season is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving new customers a can't-miss offer to celebrate the return of the NFL season. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. And as an added bonus for Week 1, everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings' early win promotion. It's simple. Bet on an NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly even if your team loses. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code CONNORS to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet this Sunday. That's code CONNORS, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. I just wanted to see real quick, did you see the LIV event uh, in Boston? over the weekend, how it ended. I didn't really watch uh, much of it. I, I did not. I, I heard that, uh, that there was a great ending, but I, I didn't see it. And, 
I don't, I don't really know what happened. Yeah. What, uh, I didn't watch what, much either, but it was, it was funny. It was, uh, Dustin Johnson was playing in a three hole playoff with, uh, with a couple other dudes, uh, Neiman and, uh, Lahiri. Uh, and he had a Eagle putt on like the second or third playoff hole. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know, 40 feet or something, 45 feet. And he drains it, but he hits it about Mach two. Oh my. To where, you know, the ball like hits the back of the hole, probably dents the back of the hole, bounces itself up and drops into the cup for Eagle. And every, everyone almost is like, did he just like, first, like, did he just make that? And did he, did he really just make it like that kind of like Uh look on their faces? Like, you know, (laughs) like he made it, but he also would have been 25 feet past the cup if it doesn't hit the hole. So, yeah, that's, you know, that, that, that is, it's interesting though, Brett, that, that, uh, yeah, you know, I wonder, uh, you know, I, it's, you know, that was the live, uh, the live tour uh, 54 holes and, you know, not, uh, you know, they're playing for a lot of money and, and all that, but, you know, it's kind of a different feel. Uh, you know, I wonder if, if he would have uh, hit that putt like that, if he would have been playing in a, you know, in the masters or the U S open or a PGA tour event. Or, or he would have tried to just, you know, get it up there and make birdie like, uh, you know, like the other two. Right. Or, you know, it's a, it's an, it's an interesting mindset on, uh, and, and that, you know, that would be one thing that if, you know, we ever get, uh, you know, like Dustin Johnson or any of those guys uh, that are playing, you know, Greg Norman or whatever, you know, on our podcast, ask them, you know, mm-hmm. is, is it a different mindset, you know, with only 54 holes and, you know, is there less pressure or is there more pressure or, you know, what, uh, you know, what, what are the, what are the thoughts the guys have? I want, which would be interesting to, you know, to hear a lot of their, uh, uh, you mm-hmm. know, their replies on that. Yeah. I, I mean, you're right. Cause the first thing I thought when he did it was, it was like, it, it almost is fitting for like the tour or like the, you know, the way they're selling themselves and, you know, like kind of being like, you know, a little rock and roll and like, you know, different and, 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 and fun and loud and, and like this, like their social media is entertaining and, all this this felt like it was fitting that he like just says fuck it and just tries to ram the thing home for the win <laughs> you know but there's no way if that's like a real like P- like if that's for the right. british or the u.s open there's no way he's gonna like give himself a 25 footer potentially to stay in the playoff you know <laughs> you know like i doubt that that's how it plays out right but um and then you've said it to me before like are they all just guaranteed like the money, like when they sign this huge deal for a hundred million or blank, blank hundred million, however each per, much person gets, is, is that like, is there winnings against that? You know, like, does it not matter like the winnings? So like, does it really matter if he <laughs> misses the putt or not? Because the money is whatever, you know, like he's getting paid the 200 million he did to sign. That's it. Like he doesn't make money in, in the, in the actual salary, like you said. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I don't know. I'd like to know that. Uh, that would be an, an interesting thought for, you know, for the fans to know. Yeah. But but then again, maybe, maybe it's none of our business. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, right? it's just we just want it to be entertaining at this point. But yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it is it is interesting to, to figure out because, I mean, he makes like four million plus his team wins. His team keeps winning because they're the best team they've won like four in a row or something makes six, 750,000 for that. So he makes almost $5 million for the win. And then Pat Perez just keeps picking up wins because he's part of the team, but he's never like, you know, actually like in contention to win the event. He's just like one of the, one of the dudes who keeps right. winning on the team. But uh, yeah, Dustin Johnson. Well, yeah, so 
I don't know. It's it's fun to watch though. Like everyone, you know, Cameron Smith is now like on the tour. I mean, he's one of the best players in the world. You know, winning a major this year. Um, I, I think some people have hated on it. I just think it's it's more golf and it's kind of entertaining. Like if you don't agree with their, uh, their choice to go do it, then don't watch it. Just watch the PGA. You know, if you like only want to watch the live only want, you know, it's like, it gives you an option one way or the other. And, and, and you, right. you can argue it either way. Yeah. But if you're a golf fan, it just gives you more golf to watch. Right. You, you know, you know, whether it's the PGA tour or, or the live tour or the, you know, the, the, the senior tour, uh, or, or the, L, the LPGA. I mean, it just gives you, you know, more golf to, to watch and to, to be a part of. And, and, uh, you know, which, you know, for me, I mean, you know, I'm a, I, I told you many times I'm an insomniac. So I get up and I watch the DP uh, world tour over in Europe, you know, at uh, five o'clock in the morning when it's on, <laughs> yeah. you know, so it's, uh, you know, for me, it, it's uh, when, if that gets on TV and stuff, it gives me more of an opportunity to, you know, to watch some golf, which would be fun. Yeah. Well, what about the fact also that, I mean, a lot of the people have been criticizing it and killing it uh, for all these different reasons, but then, you know, the PGA and Tiger came out with this like skills event, you know, special thing for all this money. And, and the PGA now has to like, you know, like it's created competition to where it's already making other people money. You know, so like the people who are trying to combat LIV, like this Tiger and Rory kind of event thing that they're, they're putting together. I don't know the name of it. I don't have it in front of me, but like right. that wouldn't probably be if there wasn't this LIV thing going on, you know? So like the money that is created out for that event alone is being like kind of created out of the LIV, you know? Yeah. So like they're making uh, money know, off of it in this lot, roundabout way. And also a lot more money going into PGA tour events. Right. You know, so, you know, so that's, uh, you know, r- right away, it didn't take long for that, you know, to, to, to happen that there was more money into a lot of the, the events that are, you know, coming forward into this next year. So, uh, yeah, it's creating competition. So I, I always saw competition was good, mm-hmm. you know, in some ways, but, you know, not, uh, you know, may, the GA tour may not like it because it's taken some players away from, from you know, and, and, and top name players. Yeah. away from uh, a lot of their important events and, you know, which I understand, but, uh, but I, but uh, I, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I think I saw something that uh, the Gary players said about Cameron Smith, about him joining the, the, you know, the LIV tour. He's, he says that that was, you know, for a lot of guys who weren't confident in their game. Mm-hmm. Did I, did I see that? Yeah. Or, something or, like or, that. Yeah. It's like for guys who aren't like confident that. in their future or something. Yeah. Or in, in their future, but, I I don't know. There's uh, there are a lot of guys who have gone over there that are that are pretty damn good. But you know Cam you know Cam Smith, you know he's you know one of the hot guys now. Uh, you know on the tour and you know with his uh, you know with his play this year, he's he, I think he won a major and a couple other t- events. And you know so uh, I I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see you know what the the outcome is going to be and uh, how they are able to play. Uh, both tours mm-hmm. that that's, that's going to be interesting to see. And then, and then how they split their time, yeah. you know, a lot of guys, a lot of guys are saying, well, you know, I'm joining the live tour because I don't want to play as much, but then they're looking to play, you know, eight or 10 PGA tour. Right. You know, so it's kind of, yeah, uh, I think uh, kind, it, of, kind of crazy. Yeah. And I mean, if they, if there's enough good players, like 
you feel like at some point there's got to be some sort of like competition too, like LIV tour versus PGA. I mean, like, come on, like how good would all that stuff be? <laughs> you know, it might be a couple years yeah. away when it gets you know, more normalized. Maybe, maybe, that's, maybe that's a new, maybe that's the new president's cup, <laughs> yeah. you know, or, so, or something like that, you know, uh, LIV tour against the PGA, the best of the best of each tour playing against each other. That'd be fun. Yeah. Uh, There'd be, there'd be a good rivalry there because, uh, you know, a lot of guys have been outspoken on both sides. So, you know, that would be, uh, that would be a good rivalry to see. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I think uh, it just gives us more, more stuff to talk about more golf uh, content and uh, you know, like there's, they can say whatever they want. I mean, it is goofy with the 54 holes. Like I feel like there's, it's like something inherent in golf with there being two days because you can't have a cut after one day. You need two days. You need there to be a day. If it's shit, you need to be able to make up for it. You know what I mean? Like you make up for it in the second round. Now there's the cut. Okay. Now then you move on Saturday and try and put yourself in position to win on Sunday. Like it just, that's the way, like the, the natural like feeling of a tournament. So um, I don't know if they're going to tinker with that yeah. or what, but I mean, it's, it's fun. We talk about it almost every week just because it's, it's always in the news and, yeah. and there's something, and there's something always new to talk about with it. Yeah. I like talking about it. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I like talking golf and, and, uh, you know, kind of, it gives me a little incentive to, you know, to watch Dustin Johnson the way, you know, he drilled that in there. Maybe, maybe that's my new putting uh, <laughs> mentality is to go try to drill it in there because you know hey. me, Brett, I can never get a ball to the hole. I tell you to get <laughs> so, it there. I said, I'd rather it be three, four feet past than three, four feet short. <laughs> I know, but you know, I, I just, I, I don't know if I lock up or not. It's like hitting a drop shot on the tennis court. I was never any good at that. So that's, that's my new mentality. I want to start getting it there, drilling it in there. And if it goes past, so be it. Nice. Uh, heck with nice. Well, but, but I, I, I want I want to talk uh, talk about one other thing. Let's, let's talk uh, thirty seconds on Serena and and uh, you know she she came into the tournament and and uh, uh, you, you know kind of you know had a feel that you know whether it's true or not if this is her last event and and she's going to go on to other things in her life which you know we all understand but but I you know I will talk about uh, I, I think her name is uh, uh, Tom Janovic. Yeah, that, uh, that beat her, Isla. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, she, you know, to win that match and and to beat Serena on that stage uh, was was pretty impressive for her. You know, to you know overcome that crowd, Serena and her and her record and and everything and and uh, you know you have you have to give a shout out to her. Yeah, you know for you know for the job that she did and and you know she was almost apologetic that she that she uh, beat her. Mm-hmm. You know, and, 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 you know, and I, and I, and I heard that and I said, wait a minute, you know, is, is that true? I said, uh, I, I wonder if it really is. I mean, cause you know, when I, when I came in, that's the one guys I wanted to get out of there, <laughs> you know, were you know, were the guys that were uh, older and make room for the young guys coming up and they, because I know when I got older and, and I, and I was in the Rose Bowl category and, and being 39 or 40 years old that, you know, those guys wanted me out of there. <laughs> you know, to, you know, to come, you know, no matter what, what you do, what you have done for the game over the course of your time, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like, is, is it time? I guess is it time to move on? She doesn't have uh, certainly anything to prove. You know, no. she, she's won 23 grand slams and, you know, X, X amount of other tournaments and X amount of, you know, money and, you know, has a, has a family and, and everything. I said, I, I, 
I, I don't know what else. Uh, what else would she have to prove? I don't think it was like about uh, pr- like proving really anything. It's more like just you know like going out on uh, like on her terms. You know, like to be at least healthy and her- enough to play. You know, and then to like let people know it's going to be your last one. I guess you know, just kind of one of those things. But you know, she played well. She won. You know, won her first two round, first two matches. She beat number two seed Kontavite. Whether or not Kontavite's the second best right. player in the world, I don't know. But still, like she's she looked good playing, and and the crowd was so into it. Um, you're right. I mean, the fact that Isla was able to hold it together and kind of win that third set pretty convincingly, having to you know go against the crowd and Serena. But I don't think it was like Serena had to prove anything. I just think it was like, hey, like, you know, I'm still healthy enough to play. I'm going to give it a shot, you know, and, and I'll let everyone know it's my last open. And, you know, and she did. I don't know if it's going to be her last tournament. She kind of hinted, I think, impressed that, you know, that there's a possibility of her playing. You know, I don't know where it would be, but there maybe she'll play some mm-hmm. somewhere else at some point. But, um, you know, we'll have to wait and see about that. Well, well, it, it's uh, it's it's, inter- it's an interesting open. Uh, it looks like there's going to be a first time winner uh, in in the men's, uh, you know, and, and it kind of brings me to and 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 the women's. But it kind of brings me to a point where I wonder if they are uh, how they're feeling now about not letting Djokovic come and play now that Rafa's out and and uh, 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 you know I'm sure the interest is still there and the excitement for the players that are still there, but. You know, uh, no Federer, no Nadal, no Djokovic, and in, in you know in the you know in the quarterfinals, and uh, you know and having a chance to get to the final. I wonder, I wonder what the feelings are towards that, or if there's they're still you know content with their decision and uh, you know taken for what it is. I mean, I'm sure they'll that that just is what it is at this point. You know, I mean, the some of the players are bailing them out. Serena losing. Hurts a little, but then Curios going on a run is big for them. Tiafo and Coco Golf, you know, going on runs. Um, Swiatek still being their number one player in the world. So there's enough storylines there where it's good. They've had like some crazy long tie breaks and some good tennis matches. So it's just, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's weird. It's a bummer just because like they they put that up there and you're like, well, like one guy would be there if he was allowed to play. But I don't want to get into all that. It's just it is what it is, yeah. and, and and just move on. And and I mean, it'll still be enjoyable. What do you think about Curios? I mean, Curios seems to be putting together the well, kind of tennis for the for the consistency that we've never really seen. You know, like every day he goes out and improves another good win, and, and and looks well. It looks looks good out there. It's like extending the longest streak we've ever seen him play this well. Yeah, but it, haven't we kind of been expecting that from him? you know, to, to be able to do this, if he just kind of got his head on straight a little bit and, and, you know, didn't, didn't mind putting in a, a little extra time on, on, uh, you know, trying, trying to be what he is right now, I mean, uh, you know, because, because I, hasn't he always had, you know, the, the abilities and, and, uh, you know, to, you know, to be at this level. I'm definitely, he's always had the abilities. I mean, is his record against the top players, you know, I think he almost has like a winning record against the, some of the top players all time. So, um, you know, that proves it. But it was just like it's the consistency and and the being able to, you know, maintain it and do three out of five and to, you know, and to look so casual doing it. You know, like he kind of made Medvedev look silly at some points in that match. And Medvedev's one of the, you know, like best players in the world. Right. Well, you know, you're right. It's all about consistency. And, and you know, the... 
the the feeling of a grand slam uh, better is you know uh, the the real tennis now starts the second week uh, you know you 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 can't win it the first week but you can certainly lose it so so now you know getting getting into the the quarterfinals the second week you've already been in uh, in the tournament you played four matches already you know and you you put in your time and you know now you know you've you've got three more matches you know to you know, carrying the winning trophy and, and, you know, how, you know, how, how do you handle the second week and, you know, the pressures of, you know, getting to the, to the stadium and the crowds and, you know, and everything. So there's more that enters into winning a grand slam. We we've always talked about this and just actually playing the tennis. And, but of course that's the end result is so everything that you do around that should be to to allow you to have the chance to play the best tennis you can and and uh, but everybody handles it differently you know this the second week is uh uh you know is is where it all happens now and you know the the opportunities i mean I, if if that was me i'd i'd look I, I was never a guy to look at the draw but but you know but i'm sure everybody knows nadal's out everybody knows medvedev's out you know, so everybody should be looking at it there and say, just don't get ahead of yourself. You know, take it one day, take the one match. Don't think about anything else because, it, you know, if you get ahead of yourself and say, well, should I play this guy in the semis? You never make it there. <laughs> you yeah. know, so, you know, take care, take care of the business at hand, whether it's Curios or, or Sinner or Alcaraz or whoever, Francis. you know, whoever's going to win. Huh? Francis. Yeah. Tiafa. Yeah. I mean, Tiafo, right. You know, whoever's going to win this tournament, don't get ahead of yourself. Just you know, play, you know, play within yourself, and 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 don't be any, don't try to be anybody else but you. And that's the one thing that that I heard from the very beginning. You know, you you can't be any better than you. You know, you you can only be what what you're allowed to be. And if you play that game, that's good enough. That's what I always heard. Yeah. And, and uh, if you try to be anybody else, you're going to run into run into trouble. So one one match at a time, and and don't look and see who's who who else is in there. Just you know, take care of your own business. Yeah, um, I think I mean in a lot of ways, Curios has the most ability to thrive in this in these conditions because he's usually responsible for creating <laughs> a lot of the crazy conditions that might be on a court you know so i think if he can just harness his, his you know all of his stuff and, and and keep playing the way he's doing he has a huge opportunity to get a slam here mm-hmm. um you know he plays catching off to play rude you know a catching off like good player but i think if nick's zoned in and serving well he should be able to win that and then him and rude have had some beef in the past that would be entertaining and then that would be to get to a final so like you're like i mean i think he he if he can hang on he's got to be the favorite to win at this point and uh you know we'll have to see what happens um let me see what else anything else going on i want to tune in because you know to to have a first time champion is going to be interesting yeah yeah you know and and, uh and to see to see who handles uh, who handles the pressure, you know the best, and yeah. and 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 how they play under the pressure, and and uh, yeah, I'll, I'll tune in. It's gonna yeah. be fun yeah, on both I'm, sides, men, men's and women's. Yeah, I mean it, you're right though. It's cool that it's two first time winners will get, and it it's kind of showing you a preview of what the men's game will be once Djokovic and Nadal, you know, they kind of finally retire. It's going to be these like kind of free for alls a little bit where, you know, cause you look at who's still in the, in the tournament, Kyrgios catching off rude. 
Sinner, Alcaraz, Rublev, Tiafo. You know, like throw them all in the hat and you, would, you wouldn't be surprised like, you know, if any of them come out on top. Like all those guys probably have wins over each other at certain points in their career. So right. it's, it's entertaining from a fan standpoint because we're going to get to, you know, see people doing things that they've never done at this level. And it's going to be new to them and us the whole way. So, yeah, but also the last 15, 16, 17, whatever amount of years it is, Brad, we've been used to such domination, you mm-hmm. know, by by the the three players, uh, the uh, Djokovic and uh, Nadal and Federer, that that, you know, it's going to be interesting to see, uh, you know, who's going to step up and, and, and try to take their place, don't you think? And yeah. and try to and, and try to dominate and try to win you know, four or five or six, you know, six plams in the next, you know, three years and, you know, and, and start being, being that name, you know, that, that, uh, you, you know, that that's in every tournament that you say, oh, uh, he, oh, he'll win that, you know, that's, an, you know, well, he's the Federer of today, or he's the, you know, the, this guy of uh, the labor or, the ro- or whoever, yeah. but he's the new guy, you know, the, but the domination that, uh, that those three players have had the last, what, 20 years almost. 17. Yeah. I mean, it's just crazy. And, and, uh, you know, it's almost, you know, been, been, been to a point of not letting anybody else stick their head in. Now they have a chance to stick their head in there and to, and to, and to be that. And it's going to be interesting to see who, uh, who takes advantage of that first. That's yep. what I want to look for. Yep. And then if, and then once these players start winning, like getting their slams, like, is there going to be a, a mentality that stands forward from the that group, you know? Cause like how, you know, like players like with your mentality and Fed and Nadal and Djokovic were like, you guys are greedy. You want every tournament you play in, you want every slam that you play in, you know, you know, but like a lot of the mentality, it seems like with sports now is if you get like a win or if you can win something big, you might, you know, you, it, you might sit on it for a while. Not, not like you're right. sitting on it, but like you, you might live off of it for a while and be content on it, on it for a little while instead of just like, what's the next event? What's the next event? You know, just trying to win everything. So that'll no, that's, be- that's a, that's a good point. And, and, you know, because a, a lot of guys do, uh, yeah, a lot of the players do that, that, uh, you know, they, they feel that, that they win a tournament and, and then they, uh, they they enjoy it for for such a period of time. I was I was always one that if I won one, I wanted to win the next one too. If I was on a roll, I wanted to stay on a roll. I I didn't I didn't want to uh, even though I I uh, had took care of my schedule and and didn't burn myself out. Uh, I I was I was good at you know getting on a roll and figuring out how to continue that and to continue to, you know, be a semifinalist or get to the weekend or, 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 or whatever, so that uh, I at least had a chance to win. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, you know, but it was different back then. I mean, you, you know, you were, uh, I, I was looking to, to play and, and, you know, I, I'm trying to make a living and, and, uh, and let's face it, uh, being, Traveling the world when you're 19, 20 years old and, and uh, you know, one one week in Japan and one week in Rio and the next week in London and then the next week in Tokyo and, you know, go just traveling around the world. It's not such a bad life, <laughs> you know. So, you know, when, when I was young and, and I, I was willing to to do all that, but, you know, the, the idea behind me being able to do that was that I was, you know, I had to win you know, because not how you're going to pay your plane tickets and stuff. So, you know, that was, uh, that was, that was all part of my mentality was, yeah, I win because if I win, I get to the next event. 
yeah. you know, and then things changed a little bit, a little more money came in the game and made it a little bit easier, but, uh, Hey, pretty fun. Nice. Especially at the beginning. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, I'm going to let you go. I know you got probably got a golf lesson or, or something to get to. <laughs> I'm going to take Bella on a walk around the block. It's about 85, 90 degrees. It's, it's hot down here. It's, it's, it's cooking. She can't take too long. So we, we walk, our strategy is we walk around the, the, the blocks that have the shadow. So exactly. You wait a yeah, little bit yeah. past, you get past the top of the day. So the shadows can start getting a little longer and then you just hug those shadows and then they, you can make the walk twice as long. Well, you watch the watch the the heat on her paws. You be careful with that, and and you take it slow. And uh, another another couple of days, and and you should be feeling a lot better. So you take it slow. Give Bella a hug, and and uh, as always, you can follow me on Twitter at uh, Jimmy Connors. You can follow us uh, at Advantage Connors uh, at ADV Connors. Yep. Yep. And at Brett, Brett underscore Connors. Yep. yep. At Advantage Connor spelled out on Instagram. Yeah. Anything We're else? We're on a roll, son. Yes, sir. Are you going to yeah, tell me, are you going well, to hit balls? I'm going to go hit a few balls and, and uh, uh, just take it easy. It's awful hot up here, too, so I might uh, might lay low a little bit today. But I got, uh, I got a, good, uh, a good lesson ahead of me, and I'm looking forward to that. So you take care down there. I miss you. I love you. And, and uh, uh, tell Melina hi and... Give Bella a hug for us, and I'll be talking to you soon. Sounds good. Talk to everyone soon. Late. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.